She is none other than our radio cousin, and that would be one Courtney Stewart. C.S., how are you this morning? I'm doing fine, Jay. How are you? All right. Well, yes, you are. I was listening to you uh, last night or yesterday evening because I try to get home smarter when I'm driving back, and I've, I tune you in, in, the, in the Hollywood up. But in all seriousness, Courtney, you had a compelling conversation with Michael Fanone, a former Capitol Police officer, D.C. Metropolitan Police officer, who was tased and suffered a heart attack on January 6th. First of all, how did you get that interview? You know, actually, he was going to be in Charlottesville. He reached out or, or you know, his uh, he had somebody helping coordinate things, said, would you like to have him on the show? And I said, are you kidding? Yes, I would definitely like to have him on the show. You know, I found it interesting, too, because I think a lot of people sometimes when you recap January 6th and, and we'll talk to Tim Hafey, who was in the investigation and the Supreme Court, this is all relevant because the Supreme Court is now taking up, you know, uh, e- election interference and whether or not uh, the, the former president is immune. And that decision could come in June and they could hear the case in April, as CBS is reporting this morning. So all of these kind of, you know, topic matters are flowing at the same time. And what, you know. I guess before I tell you what stuck out to me, what stuck out to you about what he shared from his personal experience? I mean, what what stuck out to me was that this was just a guy who was a, a police officer who is on duty. He said he was like doing you know, some, some sort of drug investigation and he gets this call to the Capitol and he's not going for any political reason. He's going to protect his fellow officers. He's hearing this is going on. He voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and he gets there and then you know, what happens, people have seen uh, hopefully countless times on uh, on on news programs and it's all over online. He's pulled into the crowd. He is beaten. He is tased in the neck. He suffers a heart attack, head injury, and he emerges, you know, and then and then witnesses watching this body cam video back what's happened to him and then starts to hear people changing their story and telling lies about what happened. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, you guys, you really and I know you didn't have a lot of time with him yesterday, but it was compelling. I would encourage folks to go to WNA.com and they can hear your full conversation with Michael Fanone, former Capitol Police officer and and, uh, D.C. Metropolitan officer worked in narcotics. And and I thought the same thing stuck out to me that you described. He said I was not there for anything political. I was there to respond to fellow officers who needed help. And he, yeah. And, and this is a guy serving, you know, serving the serving the city, serving basically serving the country at that point, And to have politicians change their story mm. from you know, they were there. They know. Yeah. And to have them change the story and mislead people in this country. Lots of people now don't believe what happened. They don't believe their own eyes. They don't believe facts. And uh, when you have somebody like Michael Fanone saying I was there this happened to me. How do you listen to him? How do you listen to his firsthand account and then say, yeah, I don't really either. I don't believe it or I don't care. Mm, yeah. And, and again, I feel angry about that. I know I hear it. And, 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 and I will say again, there are a lot of people who, who do listen and do care, you know, as much as there are those who, who, you know, may have a different perspective on the events or, or what Mr. Fanone is saying. So Again, it is a, a fascinating interview, and uh, it is at WINA.com. Oh, but, oh, you're not done. <laughs> You've been doing some other stuff, It's been too. a week. Yes, it it's has. It's been a week. Courtney, what in the world is going on? How did you come across this story on Yogaville? You know, I had been hearing this for a long time. I've been hearing um, 
I've, it's not the first I've heard of these allegations. But then I learned, uh, I guess it was probably last week, I learned that a lawsuit had been filed. I got a tip uh, that it had been filed in New York. And so I was able to get the lawsuit uh, and I was able to speak with the um, both the attorney representing two plaintiffs. These are women who became part of the Integral Yoga Institute, uh, which is also connected now to Yogaville um, in Buckingham County. The institute is up in New York. They got involved with Swami Satchidananda in the late 1960s when they were teenagers, the plaintiffs. Uh, and Swami Satchidananda was a, a celebrity guru. Uh, he opened the Woodstock Music Festival. I mean, he was mingling with the stars and people, you know, he was a very charismatic, compelling figure. And these teenagers, uh, the two plaintiffs, uh, Shanti Norris uh, and Susan Cohen, uh, were teenagers uh, at the time and got involved in this and and really were were drawn in by the message of love and uh, making the world a better place and well-being. Uh, and then the allegations in this lawsuit are that uh, they ended up being sort of um, hired by the Institute to be personally sort of serving, you know, sort of in a role serving the Swami. And then over time, the allegation uh, is that he began to uh, to sexually abuse them. Uh, and so this lawsuit, of course, Swami Satchidananda died in 2002. The lawsuit is against the organizations and the lawsuit alleges negligence that they that the organizations knew or should have known uh, that what was happening and that they failed to take any steps to protect these women. Uh, and so that is that's the basis of this lawsuit. That's not asking for any specific amount. It's asking a jury to determine an, an award. Courtney Stewart reports. Well, you see it a lot on WNA.com. That's what she does. And as you said, it's been a busy week. What You know, Courtney, we've, you know, for those of us who have collegiate degrees, you are a James Madison Duke. I'm a University of Virginia Cavalier. Uh, we have colleagues that have, uh, you know, Jay Hart went to ODU. Um, Luke went to UVA. Like, we can all remember our days in college. They were all things we did that we are not proud of. Um when you look at this fraternity story at UVA and they have suspended all activities and there is an allegation of hazing, which is a very serious issue. And, and oftentimes it's related to alcohol as this one allegedly is. Mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. what, what are the questions that you have as the journalist that you are? Well, you know, I mean, I think I, I think we, I had this discussion um, with um, Siebel weekly editor, Richard Tico and Katie Ratliff yesterday and Adam Hawes, uh, you know, talking about hazing, hazing is a specific thing that in which the drinking it's coercive, right? I mean, in order to become part of a group, you have to drink a dangerous amount, right? right? I mean, so there is pressure and it is, that is a specific thing. There are plenty of other occasions in which college students drink too much and there is no coercion, right? I mean, I think so, so they have to investigate the allegations of hazing uh, because, um, because that is a specific thing in which the group, um, is responsible for somebody's condition. And then in this case, this sounds like it re has resulted in really serious injury. So that is, you know, that is terrible. Um, and so I think they have to find out, was this part of a hazing incident? But they also have to see, was this just something um, that, that this student did on their own? I mean, you know, you have to investigate it like that because uh, you can't hold a group responsible if he, if he made the decision on his own and nobody had anything to do with it. Yeah. All right. Well, we shall see. These are really 
I mean, again, the backdrop of alcohol is something that we all remember in college, Courtney. Like it's just yeah, it and it's, there. And it's it is it is toxic. You know, I mean, having having excessive drinking as part of a culture. And I think UVA has done a lot of work to try to reduce um, to try to reduce that and certainly reduce its reputation over the past decades as like a party school. Wahoos. I think, you know, we yeah. all remember it got it got an unwanted rankings, I think, in the 80s as like a. I don't know if it was the top, the party number school, one but, party school. Yes, it was yeah, like, yes, no more. Right. That no school wants that reputation, but everywhere it's not UVA, you know, college everywhere is a time that a lot of, a lot of students over, overindulge and, and drinking too much is part of the culture. All right. Courtney Stewart has been our guest investigative journalist. She's got another great show on the way. She is cranking them out. Uh, indeed. No question about it. And we'll archive this conversation at WINA.com.